0: Most interesting of all was a glancing reference to the strange jewellery vaguely associated with Innsmouth. It had evidently impressed the whole countryside more than a little, for mention was made of specimens in the Museum of Miskatonic University at Arkham and in the display room of the Newburyport Historical Society. The fragmentary descriptions of these things were bald and prosaic, but they hinted to me an undercurrent of persistent strangeness. Something about them seemed so odd and provocative that I could not put them out of my mind, and that despite the relative lateness of the hour, I resolved to see the local sample, said to be a large, queerly proportioned thing evidently meant for a tiara. Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. Remember that? I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. What are we talking about today, Peter?
1: We're doing something we haven't done in a while, Frank. We are looking Mm. at, uh, well, let's call it a a campaign review, halfway point review. (laughs) We want to talk about the story. Might be fun to just touch on what's happened very briefly mechanically in the scenarios. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. If that's something you're interested in. Yeah, yeah. Of course. But yeah, I think we're both in a position where we're really enjoying uh, what's happening narratively in this campaign, and we want to we kind of chat
0: about that with each other. Yeah, is that, is that fair to say? That's perfect. Yeah, and it makes me think that what we should do is do a spoiler warning because we don't normally dive too deeply into campaign details and and worry too much about that kind of thing. But it's possible that people haven't started playing the Innsmouth Conspiracy yet or that they've played the Deluxe, but not the the first two Mythos packs. So yeah, so we're going to talk about the first four scenarios of the Insmith Conspiracy, and then we're going to make predictions about what we think will happen in the second half. Or not predictions, maybe just rough theorising. So we will mention what we know about those scenarios as well. So if you're someone who's maybe avoided all the announcements and is waiting for all the packs to be in front of you before you play, this is probably an episode to put on ice until you've played. But if you're someone who's caught up and played Devil Reef, that's where we're up to now as well, and we're going to look at what we've done so far and what we're about to experience. Does that make sense?
1: I hope so. I thought you were asking me if it if it, if it made sense.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Does it make sense? Anyone? Well, I would say let's start let, let's start at the beginning. But but that's a difficult mm. question in Insmouth, in isn't it?
0: Mm. <laughs> because because yeah. what is the yeah. beginning? Yeah
1: so so br- broadly wh- how would you summarize if you're if you're doing a one line pitch of the campaign to someone based on what we know so far what would you what would you say the story is
0: mm, the one line pitch for me probably would be you wake up in a cave with no memory and you're trying to find out what's going on in Innsmouth but also what's happened to you does that Does that count as one line yeah Th-
1: that's pretty good, yeah, that's not bad yeah um what it, would we- you have said? Well, I would say it's it's strongly influenced by the Innsmouth uh, the Shadow of Innsmouth. Set mm-hmm. it's set oof, it's set after the story, right? You said we had a date.
0: Uh it's set before. Before.
1: Oh it's set before right.
0: Yes, yeah. I so it it's the winter because, so that's Yeah, this is a good starting point actually. Yeah, go the on. winter of 1927-28 is the period when the federal government raids Innsmouth. And the first scenario of Innsmouth, the date we are given is, we aren't given one, the second scenario we're given uh, Wednesday, August the 17th, 1927, five weeks earlier. So that means that scenario one happens on the 24th of September. I'm pretty sure there was a date. I wonder why I can't see it.
1: Yeah, there's one. I've definitely seen one in later. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I've seen one in later scenarios.
0: I think I've written 24th of September so listener I've really nerded out about trying to piece together what happens when and I've written down dates and I've put 24th of September because I think I just opened a calendar and worked out what 5 weeks after the 17th of August was. So yeah we know we know the date of the second scenario so we can and it says 5 weeks earlier so we can work out when the first scenario happens. So it's all happening around August and September in 1927. And we have a definite right. date in The Shadow Over Innsmouth, assuming that we're in the same world as the story of H.P. Lovecraft, that in the winter of 27, Innsmouth gets totaled. So we yes. we could be there at roughly the same time as the protagonist of The Shadow Over Innsmouth, but we're not 100% sure. But certainly we could experience some of the same things they experienced, abandoned houses that are boarded up, realising that there are things in the houses, realising that Deep Ones are coming to kind of claim the city... More fully than they have already, all of that kind of thing, I had thought it that th- this campaign took
1: place in the in the time between the protagonist visits Innsmouth and then the the federal raid on the town.
0: That is quite possible because I was looking back at the shadow over Insmouth and I couldn't find a date for when they first visit insmouth, yeah, no, I did. <laughs> It was I who fled frantically out of Innsmouth in the early morning hours of July 16th, Ah. 1927. And we are there in August and September. So you're completely right, Peter.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I just had a gut feeling that that's when it was. Because that's an interesting time to to be set. Now, I'll tell you what, we'll we'll, we'll touch on this a bit when we get more into into the the details of what's happening. That's kind of set the scene for where we are. If you haven't yeah. read the Shadow of Rinsmith, I would—it's—it's it's a good one to read for this campaign. We did a, a lore yeah. episode on it, so so mm-hmm. maybe just listen to that. But the book's not not long; um, you can get through yeah. it in a, in a few hours. So it
0: certainly sets up the scenarios we've done so far. Yeah, and I think actually, even though I've done it in a slightly roundabout way, there's a really neat book ending there of most of the what happens in Shadow of Rinsmouth happens before the campaign, and we know that the. Ending of Shadow of Rinsmith happens, ending in air quotes, happens after what we're doing. So yeah, it's kind of neat. It's actually, I think, probably good work from MJ and Jeremy to find the date into which they can insert the scenarios that doesn't (laughs) kind of clash with the story, you know. Yeah. Okay, so first scenario, we wake in the cave, nice in medias res opening to a campaign and we don't know why we're there or what we're doing. And we don't even know the way out, but the cave is filling with water
1: uh, well exactly yes i I' tell you just before you, you get too into into, into the details mm-hmm. of this scenario, what we'll do i think is we'll go through all four scenarios so far and just do a very yes. brief summary of of the of what's happened narratively in
0: those scenarios, yeah, so Frank's mm-hmm. just starting on the first one here well we can that's all we need to say about it, right that's all yeah. we need to say you can you can lead on so what happens in scenario two?
1: Well, uh, I'll tell you what, what, what's the outcome of Scenario 1? That's probably an interesting point to lead into Scenario 2.
0: So the outcome is, if all goes well, you make it out of the cave and you find a woman on the beach who you don't know who she is. It's Alina Harper. But in meeting her, it triggers a flashback for you of the reason that you're in Innsmouth, which is to try and find this woman, Alina Harper. Yes. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right, yes. And I can't remember... Why has Alina gone to Innsmouth? Is that discussed? Does Thomas Dawson tell you that?
0: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs>
1: I think that's in the first flashback.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. So w- w- the reason why I was pausing when you said, what's the outcome of the first scenario, is that my slightly glib reply was, well, there's actually two different outcomes because there's there's what happens to our investigators in completing the scenario, but there's also... The information that we might gain of our own memories that comes from the scenario. So, potentially, you can play the first scenario, gain a lot of backstory through the flashbacks, but not complete the scenario. That person playing the game would have a lot more understanding of the game than another group who didn't pursue any of the flashbacks and just race through the scenario. And I think when you advance the act, you get flashback one. But other than that, all of the other flashbacks are optional. So, the challenge in talking about it as a story is how much information one's gleaned. And we're obviously assuming that we've, we've played enough to know all of the flashbacks and have found those things. But yeah, that's why I sort of slightly paused when you said, what's the outcome of scenario one? Because there's many different outcomes. But yes, so you asked about Alina. Sorry, I was, I was riffing. <laughs> no, it's, we, it's in flashback one, which feels like a little bit like a kind of campaign prologue, And I've got to say, I love the fact that Pit of Despair starts with a pretty short intro text, but then you get this big flashback halfway through the scenario. It's a much nicer way of doing it, I think, than being given three pages of text to read before you can get to play. Anyway, he says, among other things, he's a war hero, we know, from the um, First World War. He says, a few days ago, I lost contact with one of my agents, a Miss Alina Harper. I had her investigating several strange reports i would received in the past few months all concerning a town called Innsmouth. Do you know the place? It's along the coast, to the north of your town of Arkham, just by Ipswich. And then he adds, perhaps she's found something curious or has gone into hiding, but I suspect foul play. It could be mob work, but I doubt it. I'm not sending any more agents until I know for sure. And essentially, Thomas Dawson hires us as a freelancer to go and investigate for him. So yeah. Right. Okay, cool. And and he's also dead, <laughs> uh, well, which yes. we also see in flashback one. We're <laughs> yeah. looking at his dead face. Yeah.
1: Well, whether he's, he's dead or not, he's certainly not in any position to help us.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, talk, talk about heavy spoilers. If you <laughs> haven't, <laughs> haven't got to flashback one in the first scenario, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, this is where it's challenging. The start of our story is Pit of Desp- Despair. The start of our character's story is that meeting with Thomas Dawson pre-any of the events in Innsmouth where he hires us. Yes. Right, okay, that,
1: that's that's all, that's interesting stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: so it could well be that some of the reports are, the reports received Oh, do, is there a date on that flashback? Is that five weeks ago? No date that I can see. It must be, I tell you what it must be around the time the protagonist's story from Shadow of Innsmouth has, co- uh, has well th- they've escaped Innsmouth, right?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. This is one of the reasons I've loved this so far. Yeah. That piecing together the what's happened feels like you are unraveling a conspiracy.
0: Mm-hmm. I had her investigating several strange reports I'd received in the past few months, such as one from a certain unnamed narrator in The Shadow of Rinsmouth.
1: Oh, that's like pretty that... pretty spelled out then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could be one of the reports, right? There could be that. There could be... You know, Billy Burnham from the First National Grocery. That could be who knows what. We don't know what happens to Zadok, do we, in in The Shadow of Brinsmouth. So if Zadok has managed to get out of the town and speak up.
1: No, we know he's still there, there because he's there in Scenario 2, right?
0: Oh, of course, yeah. He's back there, yeah.
1: Well, uh, speaking of Scenario anyway, 2, then, yeah. let's let, let's go on yeah. to that. So, so Scenario mm-hmm. 2, then, is a flashback to when we first arrived at the town. Yes. So... Waking up in a cave. Uh, after we've lost our memory, we then are going to start to piece together everything that happened leading up to us waking up in that cave. Mm-hmm. So you and I went through the scenarios, and we, we spent a lot of time trying to piece together which ones, which scenarios were flashbacks, and which were kind of inverted comments in the present day.
0: And then we realised yeah.
1: it's actually just
0: spelled out on the on in the campaign log. <laughs> yeah, what we'd taken is if you. If you hit those first three flashbacks, the other three flashbacks in Pit of Despair, you get a battle with a horrifying devil, a decision to stick together, and an encounter with a secret cult. So yes. we hypothesized there were three flashback scenarios that would feature those things. Yeah. <laughs> and and tried to work out which was which. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then we realized, if you look at the campaign log, uh, yeah, it, it just tells you. Um, yeah. or, or at least there's, there's three scenarios in a different color. And that the first two of those above flashback scenarios, so safe to assume mm-hmm. the third one's a flashback scenario as well. Which means that it's likely chronologically the scenario that happens before we wake up with our memory god is the Lair of Dagon. Which feels yes. like it makes sense because it feels like what the Vanishing of Lena Harper, Devil Reef and then then Lair of Dagon is building up to is us trying to infiltrate this cult of Dagon, getting caught mm-hmm. and then dumped out the bottom of it into this cave. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. I was going to start talking about Scenario 2, but I've started talking mm-hmm. about this the, the campaign as a whole.
0: This is one of the challenges of untangling it. We'll, we'll yeah. come back to that. But yeah, I think there's more to be said about it. So Scenario 2 is the first of these flashbacks. It's the vanishing of Alina Harper. It's five weeks earlier, which gives us our nominal date for the first scenario. And in it, we've arrived in Innsmouth. We have a look around and we're trying to find out who possibly has kidnapped Alina Harper and where they're holding her.
1: Yes, this is the scenario which feels very influenced by uh, Cluedo. (laughs) You you pull out the true victims, uh, sorry, the the true perpetrators from the deck, and then you're looking at the deck every turn to try and eliminate other, other suspects from it, aren't you?
0: Yes, yeah. And I think there's something that works really well here in terms of I'm going mechanical now. But in terms of spending clues to go to places to investigate, like, it, you know, sometimes clues can almost be completely meaningless as a as an entity. But here you're getting clues, like literal clues, that lead you to go and, say, talk to someone in the street who says, oh, no, it couldn't have been Zadok Allen. I saw him at the, <laughs> you know, it's sort of filling in the information. So the clues are real scraps of information. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. And there's a real you're really considering the best way to use those clues, aren't you?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you spend that information? Do you gather lots of it? Do you just do every scrap of information you can and so on? There's two possible outcomes to this one. Yes. Success or failure. Yeah. Yeah. So either we find Alina or we don't. Yeah. And that means then either way we have to move on. (laughs) And there's a slightly neat thing of where the first interlude, which is the Syzygy just quickly fills in what happened. So if you didn't find her, you tell Alina, oh, I'd had this mission to find you and I didn't find you. And she replies saying, don't worry, I got out of the scrape myself. Whereas if you did find her, she remembers that too and and finds that. So I think this is one of the challenges for the designers is how do you tie up the knots of past scenario (laughs) influencing the present day timeline because there are obviously yeah. are problems if you completely flub it and don't make it through a scenario. How do you carry the the present day storyline on? We need better terms, don't we, for f- flashback? I suppose flashback and present day makes sense, right? It does. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that that that's reasonable.
0: Storyline A and storyline
1: F for flashback.
0: <laughs> so
1: what happens we, after this scenario where we've either have or haven't found Alina, We've at least reunited with her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We then jump back to the present day, yes. and we have to get... We, well, we basically have to escape through Innsmouth, so mm. we're, we're... The we're tide, tide is rising. Shore. Yeah, the tide mm. is rising, yes, it's, it's a real... I, I don't know about everyone else, I'm sure I've said this before, but one of the most stressful sounds for someone of my generation is the the sound when you're playing Sonic, you get as his breath starts to count down from five when he's underwater, so you get like yeah. the five, four, three, two, one, and then he, then he dies, And it plays like this, and it gets louder and faster as he starts to run out of air. So you're desperately trying to scrabble for a breath of air. Mm. So yeah, that feeling of like kind of rising panic is is one of the really strong feelings I feel. Mm. I mean, this it applies in the pit of despair as well, as as bits of the caverns start to get flooded as the tide
0: rises there as well. So you're desperately trying to find like pockets of air. Exactly, exactly. It's really nice mechanically, because it really changes the flavor of what seem like safe locations suddenly become horrible. And it's not attachments on them. It's just the change in their flood level. And the exact same thing happens in In Too Deep. What seems a fairly benign area suddenly becomes a lot more challenging. Uh, I think adding flood tokens is a real positive step for having this way of a sort of a passive growing threat works really well. I don't know if you remember as well that in too deep agendas, as they advance, the penalty for ending your turn in a fully flooded location gets worse and worse. So it's another mm. nice thing they can do where flood effects don't have to always be you take five damage. It can be different things depending on the scenario. And yeah, it's a really nice touch. So in too deep, yeah, we we, meet, we remember that we tried to rescue Alina and we either did or didn't. And we decide it's time to leave Innsmouth. And we remember as well that Thomas Dawson has parked his car by the train station. So we say, let's head to the railway station and get out of here. But it's not that simple, is it? Because also in In Too Deep, there's a chance for more flashbacks. (laughs) Yes, there is, (laughs) is yes. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to grab that piece of paper. So the flashbacks here are tied to different locations and the amount of information you glean in Innsmouth as you run around it. I really like this as well that you're obviously playing the same map nominally that you've just played in a separate scenario but obviously it's all slightly reordered so your memory of what fits where is a bit jumbled which is which is great and you can recover a deal with Joe Sargent, the bus driver a followed lead which adds the teachings of the order to your deck a jailbreak and an intervention these are the four. I don't know how much these are vital for the story. I feel like the first three flashbacks we've mentioned are the ones that really... Because un- these all seem to do something directly. One gives you a plus one. One gives you gives you back a, a token that you've removed. And you get the teaching of the order, as I mentioned. But I think they are just a way of, again, filling out the story of what's happened in town. Yeah. And, yeah pretty fun so what happens when you um get to the bus or get to the sorry get to the cars well
1: horror in high gear is is what i assume happens <laughs> yeah you have to escape from the town i tell you what yeah. just just thinking about this there is a what i'm assuming with horror in high gear we, we can we can speculate what that scenario might involve and it, once again we've gone off track with our, our summarizing what's happened so far but i'm presuming it'll be some kind of car chase we'll be mm-hmm. in a car we'll be escaping from Innsmouth people are going to be chasing us and we're going to be moving in a vehicle from location to location. Mm-hmm. Feels not unlike what happened in Devil Reef where we had a boat and we were moving from location to location. Mm-hmm. And if you if you have the, what's it called? Terror of Devil Reef, is it called?
0: Yeah, that's right. That's like
1: a big beast that's chasing you from location to location. So mm-hmm. there's a certain symmetry mm-hmm. there between those two scenarios. But I think yes. yeah. it's also the case, the vanishing of Lena Harper you kind of set up Innsmouth, the town and then you move around that in a relatively you obviously it's it's not it's not dangerless, but it's a relatively from a narrative point of view, the calm the town is quite calm at that point. And then mm-hmm. in into deep you set up the town again, only this time everything's really it's gone bad. <laughs> You're trying yeah. to get through the town, work through the barricades, which make your route through the town far more torturous than it would that it was mm. in in uh, the vanishing of lena harper yeah there's a nice like set of of, of it's kind of yeah i just think that they're they're quite
0: similar it's like
1: visual references for those two pieces yeah. of scenarios
0: i think if it was a film you'd have the kind of sepia toned flashback mm. where particularly the disappearance of lena harper it doesn't feel too hostile as a scenario like there's a lot of locations to visit there's a lot of space there are enemies but certainly initially it's like it's manageable. And then it will be that flash cut to the present day where there's lightning flashing, there's flooding water, the town that you thought was nice is, is drenched and it's horrible. And you're like, oh, wow, you, you kind of flash out of that reverie, which is exactly what we're meant to be experiencing, right? That you're having a memory of it being all right. And then the reality is that it's dreadful. And yeah, I think I think the other thing about Devil Reef is you you do kind of chug around on the boat just having a bit of a potter and explore, and you're not moving too quickly, necessarily, because you're limited. But then we know that horror in high gear is kind of a madcap chase. So yeah, just echoing what you said. So we also know the destination for horror in high gear, which I think is important. We realise from what we've found in Devil Reef that these different relics that we found in the different caves of Devil Reef we're all being taken to the light, lighthouse. So, Horror in High Gear, rather than just escaping Innsmouth, we decide that we're going to go to the lighthouse. Yeah. And that's in Interlude Three Beneath the Waves. Alina says, Another vision. Did you, do you remember something? What was it? You shake the ache from your pounding skull and ask Harper if the name Oceros means anything to you. I think it's Oceros, not Oceros. Oceros Marsh. He's the keeper of the old lighthouse on Falcon Point, she replies. Why? What did you see?
1: Incidentally, this, I found this quite funny yeah. when we were reading it because we managed to get all three all three of the keys, um, mainly because mm-hmm. we had Luke in our party. But you go through the items. You say, oh, I've got a crown. She's like, oh, yeah, that was probably taken to the lighthouse. And then you say, oh, well, we've we got this cloak. And she's like, oh, yeah, that was probably taken to the lighthouse. <laughs> uh, and we got this, like, strange idol. Oh, yeah, that was ta- Actually, you know what? All of them were taken to the lighthouse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit like that the sort of um, computer game... Controlled dialogue. Yeah. Tell me more about X. X is a da 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 da. Tell me more about Y. Y is a da 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 da. It felt like it. It has to be that way. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It does.
1: But it was, it was funny nonetheless. Um, it reminded yeah. me a bit of um, in one of the best episodes of The Simpsons of all time. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's it called? You only, it's called You Only Something Twice. Something like that. Um, Homer goes to work for Hank Scorpio and he asks him where he can get a hammock from. And he's like, oh, this, he lists all these hammock shops and he's like, oh, yeah, they're all down in the hammock quarter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to come to think of it, they're all in the hammock quarter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. So where were we? Well, in in doing that, we've somewhat skipped over what Devil Reef is about. But we have touched on what Devil Reef is about. You're chugging around in a little boat. Yes. Exploring Devil Reef. Yes. Importantly, it's another flashback and it has a date dates are important. Incredible. It is the second of September. So we know that Scenario Two was the seventeenth of August, and now we know that Devil Reef was the second of September and it says three weeks earlier rather than five weeks earlier. Right,
1: okay, so that's you've been around in Innsmouth for a couple of weeks at this point. Exactly. And considering yeah. the
0: experience of the protagonist
1: of Shadow of Innsmouth, that's a that's a long time to put up with Innsmouth, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the intro is is quite quite a clever one. It's It splits depending on whether or not you found Alina Harper. And Agent Dawson is different depending on whether or not he's been talking to Alina or not. But yeah, you've been basically hiding out in Innsmouth for a fortnight and investigating. And when you ask where Alina is, Dawson says, she has her mission, we have ours. You remind Dawson that you've already accomplished the mission you were hired to perform, which yields a smirk from the hardened vet. True, and yet here you are. That's interesting. So what is Alina doing then? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think they're still investigating the Order of Dagon, so is, that it's, it's fishy enough, no pun intended, that they want to do more investigation. So she may be sticking into the, the Order at this point? Mm.
1: Potentially.
0: Potentially? Potentially. Two weeks is a long time to have hung around. Maybe we'll find out that that's uh, just a bit of a weird gap, that we hung around for two weeks and it didn't, nothing happened. Because of course if Alina says this whole place is dodgy, we've got to get out of here. <laughs> Why have we hung around for two weeks? We don't know. But clearly that Dawson and Harper want to find out more than what they found out so far. So I guess pulling back,
1: the the big picture is Mm. we're on the cusp of something happening in Innsmouth, right? Mm -hmm. It seems likely that the Order of Dagon are going to perform some kind of ritual that requires Mm -hmm. the alignment of planets. Hence why we're getting like the extra high tide. Yes, yes. Or, Or, you know, whether that's, you know... Because they're doing the ritual, or it's it's as a result of the, the alignment, the, the syzygy. What um, mm-hmm. I I, mm-hmm. well, we don't
0: know at the moment. What this makes me want to do is actually put the scenarios in chronological order, yes. which I think we can do now. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely, yes.
0: So we start with the vanishing of Alina Harper when we've arrived in Innsmouth to find her. We then go to Devil Reef, where we're investigating the reef, and I should add as well that that Dawson says, all of our research has led to this. Whatever's going on in the town, the esoteric order of Dagon and this devil reef are at the heart of it. Harper suggests these rumors were spread by the order to keep sailors away from the reef. If that's true, there must be something the order is hiding. So yeah, then we go to the devil reef, we go investigating. We we decide then to go to the lair of Dagon. Not quite sure how that connects. We're not yet sure how the third flashback connects, are we? But we know that that comes third, which is the lair of Dagon. <laughs> based off things that happen in Devil Reef and us collecting those items. Harper knows, has seen the items that we found at Devil Reef and knows that they were taken off us when we were thrown into the pit. So that means we have the items with us and we decide to go and investigate the esoteric order of Dagon in the Lair of Dagon, which is scenario three chronologically. And that scenario is going to end poorly. Yes. With the death of Thomas Dawson and with us being captured and the items being taken off us so it'll be really interesting to see what it's like as a scenario because how like we know already the ending yeah as it were and maybe it will be an impossible battle that we're just trying to survive as long as we can and yeah i mean that's maybe something new. are there any other scenarios we have where you simply cannot win well i mean we don't know what what victory looks like i guess yeah because historically we have known what the win condition was. And even something like, say, Black Stars Rise, where there's no act, there's still a story to progress through. But with this one, the story to progress through definitely will lead to various bad things happening. So, yeah, it could be really intriguing. It's a little bit like Depths of Yoth with, you know, how low can you go? But there's just not a a positive end point. <laughs> it's the, yeah. Yeah, I'm really intrigued about that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing we know is that Alina survives... So whatever Aline yes. is
1: doing, she's potentially, well, she's not with us because she doesn't get thrown into the caves at the same time we do. Mm-hmm. We do see her outside. So she's the first person we see. Do you think there's any yeah. chance she's connected to what's happening considering Dawson mm, had connected negatively? Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know. I, 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 I'll have a look. She, I, I don't remember her being surprised. I wouldn't put it past MJ. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I, I, I don't remember her being surprised when she... Oh, actually, here you go, yeah. A pair of warm hands shoves you onto your back and pulls you up into a sitting position. Thank goodness you're alive, someone says. Mm. As your eyes adjust, they take in a sky of dark crimson, the full moon hanging just below the blackened sun. We have no time to spare. Come on, get up. Doesn't sound like she's surprised to see you. She's glad to see you. And yeah. She's very good at
0: acting. yeah. yeah. It would be a real kicker if she's been kind of converted by the cult. Yeah. <laughs> that would maybe be too brutal. It is possible. I've certainly not suspected it at all. Sorry, you're putting these into, into chronological order. That That's fine, yeah. So the next in the order is the Pit of Despair, as you described. So something happens in Lair of Dagon, scenario seven, which is chronologically scenario three, which leads us back to the beginning of our story, Pit of Despair. When we get out of the pit, we see Alina... And the city is flooding, so we run through the city and into deep to escape. We supposedly get to the cars, and we're going to leave. But in running through in, uh, the city, we've remembered about the reef, which means we decide, let's go to the lighthouse. So in Horror in High Gear, we have a destination, the lighthouse, and a light in the fog is us exploring this lighthouse, and Oseros Marsh is there, I think. And I think there's a Deep One hatchery underneath the lighthouse. So I think it's more than just a random lighthouse. I think it is connected then with Deep Ones. Okay. And then the one scenario that has not been announced is Into the Maelstrom, which is the final scenario. So I assume by the time we finished our investigation of A Light in the Fog, we realized that there's a connection between the esoteric Order of Dagon, Deep Ones, and the Syzygy, and that they're bringing about some kind of destruction, and we have to go stop it. We also know that Dagon is in the Lair of Dagon, <laughs> as in the Father Dagon. Right. And so maybe maybe Mother Hydra is in Into the Maelstrom. Yeah. Or maybe she's in the Light in the Fog. So probably a couple of boss battles of, of different types. It
1: kind of makes sense it would be the last two scenarios. It, that, that yes. That's how it's yeah. worked
0: in the past. So order solved, I think. Mission accomplished. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so pulling back, do we have any clues on what the what the
0: ultimate plans of the the great old one or the great old ones in this campaign are Mm. do they want to use the syzygy to flood more of the more of the planets that the deep ones can take over because there's certainly reports with the flooding that other cities are being coastal cities are being flooded
1: yeah and you can actually see i I seem to remember at the beginning of into deep you, you can see like an invasion of deep ones can't you yeah, the town is overrun by Deep Ones, it's not that they're in hiding. Well, there's, I, I don't know whether mm. you can find the text, Frank, but I'm sure there's a bit that says you look out towards the, the sea, and
0: you can see like an army of them. Agent Harper's voice trails off as she climbs to the top of the headland. Whatever has her staring agape can't be good. You reach the top, haul yourself over the ridge, and see the same devastation she does. Innsmouth has been invaded. The same creatures you encountered in that sacrificial pit prowl the streets. Foul things from the depths of the sea, or perhaps beyond. They patrol the alleys and intersections, searching for something, hunting. Makeshift barriers block the various pathways through the town as water from the Minuxet River spills out onto the streets. Is that the part you were hoping for?
1: Yeah, I'm sure I remember it.
0: I mean, that, that sums it up fairly nicely. Yeah, I think it? so, Yeah, yeah. The other possibility about what happens at the end of Lair of Dagon is, again, going into what's been covered in the announcements. We've seen that Father Dagon is a double-sided card, And there's a slumbering side and a waking side. We've not yet seen the waking side. But I wonder if the challenge is how long can you keep going before Father Dagon wakes. And Father Dagon waking will be the classic Lovecraftian moment of the protagonist being driven insane. And kind of losing all sense, passing out. And that that could be what triggers going into Pit of Despair. That it's not... You know, a boss fight you can't possibly win. It's more like one of those explosive traumatic moments that we sometimes see in Lovecraft stories, you know, then I fainted. And and that being the thing that will happen, potentially. Yeah, yeah. I have another question. On. The suspect and the hideout. We've seen the hideout matter for In Too Deep for where you can get a flashback. But do you think the suspect will continue to matter later in this in the campaign? Am I crazy, or did
1: we not write down in the campaign log? Do you put?
0: Yeah, you you mark who the who the the correct suspect. Is uh, okay, right. When you reveal them,
1: yeah, is that on? That's on because I was
0: looking back afterwards, just in preparation for recording
1: this, and mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't see. Is it on the agenda card or the actor agenda card that you put put that down.
0: It's in the scenario interlude the ah, accusation. Right,
1: okay, that makes sense.
0: It says once the accusation's been made, reveal the suspect and hide out. In your campaign log circle the names of the correct ones. Ah, right, that's then, where it is. Yeah. Sorry, I I I looked for it but I yeah, couldn't see right. it uh,
1: specifically. Yeah,
0: that's all right. I wonder if they will be some sort of a boss or person to tangle with in the lair well, of Well, Potentially,
1: but but the the motivation of the suspect differs greatly across the different suspects, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, some suspects have been kind of bribed to do it or blackmailed. Yeah, you know? some are kind of forced into a position where they feel like it's the only way for them to escape. Yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it? The nice grocery boy, Billy Bur- uh, Brian Burnham, being <laughs> being the the kidnapper seems like such a surprise compared to you know Barnabas Marsh, who seems so dodgy and Insmith Lucky.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've we've kind of rambled through that a bit.
0: I yeah, think, I
1: think it's it, the the disjointed storytelling. I'm not using that as a pejorative, but that the, mm. we're piecing together the stories that go along. It it resists a, a really clean dissection of what the story is so far, mm. um, because there's lots of bits we've picked up, and having these two stories both both approaching a separate climax, it's a bit like Memento, right? Where you've got two storylines, yes. and they they both they what well, they're both approaching the same climax. But we're, we're mm. uncovering bits of story relevant to the other as we go through both of them.
0: I think as well, one of the things that happens when you do a chronologically jumbled story is that certain things have to happen for you to get to the point where the present day story starts. So you're actually tying the investigator's hands in terms of like narrative choice. Yes. Whatever happens in Devil Reef, like you pointed out, everything has to end up at the lighthouse because otherwise it makes no sense. So what you have to do as a designer then is add different things in the story that make it interesting and make the players feel like they have choice. And I think that's where the flashbacks are very important that collecting flashbacks you're we're on train tracks in terms of the story we're going through, but which windows we decide to look out of the train and what information we glean is where we have any kind of agency for, creating our personal story you know so i think you've played devil reef and got all three of the items i've played it and only ever got two most and a couple of times i've only got one so there's a a lot more motivation for me to go and explore devil reef and try and get them all i think it's fairly challenging in solo to (laughs) chug the boat around quickly enough to get to all of the right locations yeah yeah as
1: I suggested I think having Luke in that that really really helped because we could just without wanting to get too much into the the mechanics of that scenario we could just leave the locations with the required keys and Mm. then on his last turn he just like set up his gate box and ran into and out of it (laughs) all over the map
0: yeah, that's really nice. And then you don't even have to worry about getting him in the boat at the right time. Exactly. Because he's a an agent who can move around. So you're actually, you're like playing the scenario as two investigators with this third crazy man. Yeah. Yeah. And the,
1: the one of the difficulties at that point in the scenario is how bad the skulls are.
0: Yes. Uh, yes. So, so
1: if you're just getting the last, like, two or three keys in the last couple of turns... Then you've you've minimised the amount of time you've got like minus seven tokens in the bag. Mm, yeah. I tell you what I don't know. Then and maybe you'd be able to help me here. Is mm. what happens if you get to Devil Reef without having the flashback that you've fought a hideous beast or whatever the is it fought a hideous creature
0: a battle with a horrifying that yes. So that is a very interesting one because in the scenario setup. If you didn't have a battle with the Horrifying Devil, you use a different Agenda 1A. You use version 2 instead of version 1. And version 2 has a different Terror of Devil Reef on the back of it. And how does it differ? It is unkillable. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. When you fully damage it, I believe it exhausts, heals all damage, and doesn't ready that turn. But then it comes back. So you can't get the 2vp for killing it. I think it's one... Isn't only one VP? There's only one VP. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the the case. So you have an unkillable enemy rather than, than a very beefy enemy. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's the same stats as well. So it basically means that you're going to have that nuisance. There's no... You can't have planned to, you know, flamethrower it or harpoon it or whatever you're going to do to it. Okay, that's interesting. And, and,
1: and we know... Well, we, we, we know that that could potentially comes back anyway... Uh, because we make a note in our campaign log whether we've killed it or not. The terror is
0: dead, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah.
1: So th- there's a question. Then wh- when's it going to
0: reappear? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Because you might record the terror of Devil Reef is still alive. Does that come back in the Lair of Dagon underneath the? Or in in the maelstrom. Or into the maelstrom, yeah. Ah, because then in into the maelstrom, do you think we set off back to Devil Reef? Could be. I mean, a maelstrom implies there might be like a kind of whirlpool type situation going on. Yeah.
1: And remember those, those, the islands on Devil Reef were in like a circle, weren't they, if you
0: set them upright? Yes. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, if the open water is now the maelstrom and you're traveling out to Devil Reef and trying to do something to it. Now, answer me this. In The Deep Gate, Silas Marsh's novella, he goes and dynamites this sort of. Um, deep sea trench underneath Devil Reef to stop the Deep Ones coming out. Right. When I read that, I had an inkling that that was a plot point borrowed borrowed from other stories. But do you know of any other Deep One related fiction that has the dynamiting of the trench, or is that? Am I just thinking actually? Of the shower? I was going to say really, yeah, because
1: they torpedo it, don't they? They, they torpedo Devil's Reef. Devil ah, Reef.
0: yes. Okay, yeah. So he plays out. Silas, in his book, plays out a sort of micro version of that story. Mention the deep-sea diving submarine that discharged torpedoes downward in the marine abyss just below beyond Devil Reef. Okay. I will say... Well, that's what we're going to be doing, yeah, well, I would yeah, guess. Yeah, potentially, yeah. I
1: will, will say it did feel like fun to be playing uh, Devil Reef as Silas. Yeah, kind of like, yeah, we lads. This is my this is my home turf. I know what I'm doing here. Did you refuse to
0: get off the boat because you were just having so much fun? <laughs> well, chug- chugging around. In yeah. occasions, I was forced to get off the boat, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Well, the, the other thing that I think would be a nice symmetry there is if 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 scenario we've got scenario four Devil Reef being a water boat scenario, and then if scenario eight into the maelstrom is a vehicle based scenario. That means we'd have more than just Devil Reef and Horror and High Gear being vehicle-based. We'd have three instead of two scenarios. I mean, maybe that's just my personal preference, that if they introduce new things like vehicles, they use them enough. But yeah, perhaps perhaps Into the Maelstrom is about going back to Devil Reef. And that would exactly tie in with the Terror being alive or dead. Cool. Okay, well, is there anything left on your discussion list? Because we've gone long enough, yeah, even with yeah,
1: technical I, difficulties. I, I, I don't think so. I think we've we sort of touched on of the key points where we've been and where where we think we're going to. Mm. It's a, it's a difficult one to put together, isn't it? If you've you've kind of mentioned this a few times, Frank. A flashback, a flashback campaign, or a campaign that heavily features flashbacks. It's always going to have some kind of narrative weirdness. So you know, we're spending on occasion we're spending XP before we've earned the X or, or benefiting from XP cards before we've earned the XP and things like that. Yes, yeah, um, and there's cards coming in and out of decks, and it's difficult when it's coming out once a month, and you're playing it with with friends, and they're saying, "Well, what happened last month?" And you say, "Well, actually, that's not relevant for where we are now. <laughs> that was <Yeah. laughs> you've got to think back two months uh, to where we were the scenario before last." Mm. But in a way, it, it's meant that we've kind of done a doing a story recap or reading back through the previous interlude before you start on the next scenario is more encouraged, which is nice because it kind of anchors the narrative more in your head as you're playing it through.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that first play and then, we, we talked about this with Dream Eaters, didn't we? The awkwardness of the first play experience is mitigated by the fact that every future play won't have that problem. Yeah, yeah. And I think the same is here. Once we have it all out, we can piece the narrative together a lot, a lot more cleanly. Mm-hmm. You're totally right about the XP thing as well. The, you know, ideally, in Devil Reef, we would only have the XP from The Vanishing of Alina Harper, but we wouldn't have any XP from The Pit of Despair or In Too Deep. But I think what they've decided to do is probably the cleanest method, which is just sometimes tell you not to spend XP, but most of the time to just let it happen. <laughs> because otherwise... It gets really complicated if Devil Reef said reset your deck to how it was at the end of the Vanishing of Alina Harper. I mean, in this case, this example doesn't work anyway because we we do spend XP after that scenario, but then we don't spend XP after In Too Deep. So, yeah, it's not it's not too big a deal. But, yeah, it's Trixie, isn't yeah. it? Basically, Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes. And I suppose it raises a bigger question, probably to be discussed at another time, of what is XP and what does it represent and why does it matter? Because if it's partly physical materials that we're getting, you know, a better weapon, uh, a more complicated tome, whatever it is, there's, because we've got two narrative trails, there's a, a real challenge there of like, yeah, how much gear would you have at Lair of Dagon compared to A Light in the Fog or whatever it is? Cool. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Well, I suppose we'd love to hear what other people think is going on with this story. And if we've predicted it correctly, it'll be great if there's a curveball and something is not as we thought. So you can get in touch with us we're Drawn to the Flame podcast at gmail.com. We're Drawn to the Flame on Facebook, Twitter, Designed by Humans, and Patreon. Come and be a patron if you want to, and you get to chat to us on our Discord and get involved in all sorts of other things. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am
1: United Everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and Reddit sometimes, uh, Discord and all the places.
0: So say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm FB on Twitter. That's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. And F-E-B on Instagram. I sometimes post Arkham pictures. And then I'm around the places, Zooey Glass or Zozo. Come say hi too. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. You can do tell it's been a. W- we'll just have to wing it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I can do it by positioning your first response. Okay, fine. fine. <laughs> Let's clap now. Let's clap now. Three, two, <coughs> one. <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> some coffee went That's down. All right. <laughs> <coughs> oh. Go on, it's going to be a fun first first two minute edit. Three, two, one. <clears throat> I'm also recording. Suddenly, with a frog in my throat. Okay, a frog fish thing in your throat. Mm-hmm.